Welcome to the Bare Naked Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Simmons. I am a psychologist, humanitarian, and entrepreneur. The Bare Naked Podcast is about truth and authenticity. It's about creating an atmosphere where we could have courageous conversations without judgment. Our goal is to cultivate healing and transformation. Thank you so much for being with us, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Today, we're going to be talking about types of imposter syndrome. In our last episode, we talked about imposter syndrome. We laid down the foundation. We had two amazing guests in Cynthia and Grace who shared their experience of being of feeling like imposters, right? And this week, what I want to do is to talk to you about the types of imposter syndrome and what you can do to overcome them. I want to give a shout out to everyone who sent me DMs and text messages and voice messages talking about the last episode and how it inspired them. I'm so glad that you were able to benefit from it. And I'm also happy that you felt courageous enough to share with me your experience. It means a lot to me. Keep your DMs coming, keep your messages coming. I truly appreciate that. And as always, I look forward to hearing from you as our listeners, as our supporters. Tell me what you want to hear about, and I'll be happy to share those things with you. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. Last week, we said we talked about imposter syndrome. Just as a reminder, imposter syndrome is what happens when a person doubts their own abilities, their accomplishments, and even their experience, despite evidence proving otherwise. So when a person feels like an imposter, they will downplay any kind of compliment that they have. They will downplay their own experiences. And whenever they're getting praised in one way or the other, they feel as though they're undeserving and that they're underperforming in some way. What we didn't talk about last week, though, was that there are different types of imposter syndrome. So that's what I'm going to go over with you today. And I want you to listen in and let me know if you can relate to any of them. Leave leave a comment in our whether it's Spotify or YouTube or wherever you're listening to this, leave a comment and let me know which type of imposter syndrome you've experienced, which type of imposter you think you are. So the first imposter syndrome or the first type of imposter syndrome that I want to share with you is the perfectionist. This is the person who enough is never enough for them. They strive to do things perfectly. Just It's not enough to just meet a goal. It's not enough to just check off the criteria. It has to be more. They're always striving for more, more prestige, a higher, a higher goal of some sort. It's just never enough. All right. So if you've ever been told that you are a micromanager, the chances are you probably have the perfectionist type of imposter syndrome. The other thing, if you want to check in with yourself to say, hmm, do I have a perfectionist uh, version of imposter syndrome? You will be that person who you're working on a particular project and the project is done and everyone have told you, oh, this is wonderful. It looks good. But you keep going back to edit it, to add new things, to take away some stuff. And it just doesn't seem right until you consume all of your time trying to perfect this particular thing. 
the underlying emotion for people who have the type of um, perfectionist type of imposter syndrome is a fear of losing control. So all of that perfectionism is an effort to gain control over your environment, over your craft, over what you're putting out there. So that's type number one, the perfectionist. The next type of imposter syndrome is the expert. Now, the expert is the person who has to have know all of the knowledge. They have to have all the knowledge. They have to have all the experience before they even dare to say anything, to speak on a topic, to apply for a job, to engage in a discourse. They feel like they need to know all that's out there before they can say anything, all right? This is that person who will not apply for a job because they didn't meet all of the criteria. It's that person who will not um, say yes to speaking at a particular event because they don't have all of the answers, okay? People who are the expert or who tend to experience that expert type of imposter syndrome, they tend to be a little bit dissatisfied with, with others who will just up and do something on a whim, who learn as they go. Because in their mind, you should not take on any task unless you have all of the answer. And can I tell you something? I have a little confession. I realized as I was talking about and doing my research on imposter syndrome that I am the expert type of imposter syndrome. I experienced that, all right? Because to do this podcast, I spend weeks and even months preparing for this. And even to speak on imposter syndrome, I am very well versed in it, but I made sure I had to look up all the research, so forth and so on, and didn't feel comfortable talking about it until I had done countless hours of talking about something that I already know about. So for sure, this is me to the T. That's my issue. The underlying emotion year for uh, someone who experiences or who has this um, expert type of imposter syndrome is a fear of inadequacy. They want to appear or they want to be sure that they're enough, that they're adequate, that what they're putting out there is well received and what you're putting out there is wonderful or is great in some way and that is well informed. So the problem with this, similar to the perfectionist, is that it's time consuming and also it can kind of be paralyzing. It keeps you from going out there and just doing what you naturally love and doing what people will appreciate because you're spending so much of your mental energy trying to perfect something or so much of your mental energy trying to uh, know as much as you can for a particular task and before you know it, you're in a time crunch if you have to deliver something. Or sometimes you don't even follow through with the task because it feels overwhelming to know everything. News check, nobody knows everything, okay? We're all learning and most of us or all of us really should strive to learn as we go. So we've talked about the perfectionist. We've talked about the expert. Now the other um, type of imposter syndrome is the natural genius. Now I know a few people like this, I won't call any names, but these are individuals who for them, they thrive off of doing things the first time around, one and done. They are so used to putting in 
very minimal effort and getting success. They didn't have to do that much. This is the person who in high school, in college, whatever, things came so easily. They didn't have to study as much while others were spending hours in the uh, library. Guess what? They were not doing any of that. While people were frantic and worrying, things came so naturally to them. This is the person who graduates at the top of the class. Now they have their first job. And guess what? The moment they encounter any difficulty at all, they start to feel overwhelmed. Why? Because they've never had to put forth so much effort before. Things came very naturally to them. Um, the other thing I should add about the natural genius imposter syndrome, this is the person who, if, if they're asked to redo something or just make little modification, or they're given some constructive feedback, they see that as threatening in some way. Why? Because they're supposed to get things done for the first time without having to repeat it in their minds. The underlying emotion here for this person is a fear or the shame of not knowing enough or the shame of failing. They don't want to fail. They don't want to seem like they don't know what they're doing because they've always known what they were doing. So that's our natural genius. The fourth type of imposter syndrome is the Superman or Superwoman. This is the person who prides themselves in doing so much in such a short period of time. And they do it because they, they enjoy the accolades from others. They love getting the praises. They want to prove that, you know what, look at me, look at all that I can do. This is the person at the job who will do their job. They're really good at it. Then they do their colleagues' jobs. They don't take time off. They're always at work. They want to do everything, be all things to all people. The downside of that is hardly ever do they take a moment to breathe and do something for themselves. The underlying fear for this person is that they're, they're afraid of too much time. They're afraid of utilizing their time for pleasure. And instead, they want to utilize their time or fill their time up with activities, with doing things, because that's what they place their value in. All right. The downside to that is that while it's nice to be productive, it's also important to be able to slow down and calm down. And you don't want to do so much at the expense of your health, at the expense of your family's well-being. Because sometimes the Superman or Superwoman imposter syndrome, they will be up at all hours of the night working on a particular project and not sleeping. All right. So that's the person. The fifth and final type of imposter syndrome that I want to talk to you about is the soloist. This is the person that does not want to ask for help. They don't, they don't want it. They won't do it. They take pride in doing things by themselves. Okay. They will try to work it out alone, even if they, uh, uh, encounter hiccups along the way. They're like, I am good. I don't need your help. In fact, some soloist imposter syndrome, people that experience that will actually resent help from other people. The problem with this is they will wait until the last minute to now try to reach out for help. And that can create chaos. No man is an island. No person is an island. We can't do everything by ourselves. I do admit 
that I realized that me, I I actually enjoy doing things by myself. I feel like I'm a lot more productive when I do things by myself, but I am learning to embrace the idea of teamwork and, and incorporating other people because it's always so much better when you have uh, multiple individuals working on a, on a task. I find that it turns out a lot better oftentimes. All right. So we've got our perfectionist. That's the first type. We've got our expert. We've got our natural genius. We've got our Superman or Superwoman. And then we have our, um, our soloist. So those are the five types of imposters. Let me know what you think uh, you are. Let me know about your types and we can, um, you know, and I, and I can give you some feedback on what to do about that. Okay. Again, shout out to everyone who took the time to text me, DM me, uh, leave a message to let me know that they appreciated the imposter syndrome uh, episode. I will keep it coming and I'll do my best. I wear many hats, but I'll do my best because this is something that I want to pour into you. And I know that everyone can't afford therapy and everyone don't know everything, but we all can benefit from learning about different aspects of our lives, especially those taboo topics that nobody wants to talk about. So now that we've talked about the basics of imposter syndrome, what it is, we've talked about the types of imposter syndrome, I want us to talk about coping with imposter syndrome. Because honestly, for some people, this is devastating. It's hard to feel as though you're always operating below your goal. It's hard to feel as though you're not good enough. It's hard to feel as though you're, ex you're always striving for more and you don't feel like you are enough for a particular task. So let's talk about ways to cope. I'll share a few of my favorite ways. I'll start with, um, you know what? I'll start with some of the things that were mentioned in our first imposter syndrome episode. I loved what Grace mentioned. Uh, she mentioned, um, and I love me box. And I love me box is basically a way to remind yourself with quotes, with, with uh, accomplishments, with uh, pictures, anything that reminds you that you are more than enough, that you are good enough. And it's just a wonderful way of keeping a balance because your mind will tell you one thing, but the proof is in the evidence. The evidence will tell you another thing. Okay, so if you're not good enough, how come you keep getting these promotions? If you're not good enough, why do people tell you you're so wonderful? If you're not good enough, how is it that you were able to graduate college and, and graduate school and now you're in senior management and you're the CFO? If you're not good enough, what does the evidence point to? So that I love, uh, that I love you um, box, is really filled with different evidence to remind you that you're more than enough, that you are in fact good enough, all right? Now, if you wanna learn more about it, check out our very first episode, Grace Talks Beautifully About It. Um, the other thing I want you to know, first and foremost, right, is that imposter syndrome, and I'm, I'm, I'm advocating for it to be called imposter experience, can be managed. You don't have to wear it. While you may feel like an imposter, it doesn't mean that you are an imposter. You have to separate your feelings from the facts, all right? So separate your feelings from the facts. It can, in fact, be managed, and that's important. When you notice yourself third, feeling as though you are 
you're feeling like an imposter, something I always encourage people to do is to take a break. Meaning in that moment, just pause. Take a moment to pause and stop thinking about everything. Just stop, all right? After you've stopped, it's important to do some deep breaths or take some deep breaths. Why do we advocate for deep breaths all the time? Because when we're anxious, when we're overwhelmed, our emotions are high. And when our emotions are high, our logic is low. So when you're in a place where you're feeling so overwhelmed, oh my goodness, I'm not good enough. People are going to think, I don't know what I'm doing. All you're doing is being wrapped up in your emotions. And what does that do? It prevents you from being able to slow down enough to think about next steps. All right. So deep breaths, pause, take a break. Our breathing resets your nervous system. All right. I don't want to get too technical talking about our autonomic nervous system, our parasympathetic nervous system versus our sympathetic nervous system. What you need to know is that deep breathing allows you to calm down so that you can think clearly. All right. Now, the other thing that's important to do is to notice what's happening with you in that moment. What is going on? What led you to think about yourself as an imposter? What's going on in your body? Are you feeling tense? Did someone say something to you? What's contributing to everything that you're feeling in this moment? Notice that. It's good to take notice of what's happening because when we notice what's happening, we can then check it, all right? A lot of times we're, we feel we feel something and we have no idea where it came from. And we don't take our time to kind of slow down and think about, why am I feeling like that? What just happened? What went through my mind? What did someone say? What did I say to myself? Was it my own internal critic kind of beating me up in this moment? Or is it something that someone did that's making me feel this way? All right. People are going to do what they're going to do, but we have the control over how we react or respond to it. All right. So those are just some, some, some big ones. So pause, take a break, stop for a moment. All right. Take some deep breaths. Notice what's happening around you. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Love on yourself. We spend so much time being incredibly critical of ourselves and how often do we actually spend time saying you know what you did a great job today you're wonderful you've come a long way you've overcome so much i'm proud of the job you're doing be kind to yourself because the world will not always be kind to us but listen if you've built up enough self-confidence you've built up enough kindness and on those days when people aren't so kind you can still be kind to yourself so that's something i would say um, as a, as a coping strategy moment. The other thing that you can do as far as responding is to get out of your head and into your body. What does that mean? When, when we sit and we start to ruminate or we think over and over and over again, our thoughts are just floating. Guess what? It feels so much bigger than it is. But when we land our thoughts, it feels less big. It feels smaller. It feels more manageable. What do I mean by landing your thought? To land your thought, one way to do that is to just journal. Write out what's going on for you. How do you feel in this moment? What's causing you to feel this way? What are some things that have lifted your feelings and or your mood in the past? Do those things because they're wonderful for you. 
get out of your head and into your body. What do I mean? You can do some yoga. You can go for a walk. You can run. You can go to the gym. You can do some squats. Whatever it is that you need to do, because sometimes tension is stuck in our bodies. Anxiety is stuck in our bodies. And the best thing we can do for ourselves is to get moving. All right. So I dumped a lot of coping skills on you, but I hope that is helpful to you. Be kind to yourself. Take the time to get out of your head and into your body. All right. So those are just some things that you can do to manage your imposter syndrome or really to overcome it more than manage it to overcome it. All right. I hope this was helpful to you. Um, again, thank you for joining me today. Um, please share, like, and subscribe to our channel. We're trying to grow this channel. Everything I'm doing is out of my heart. I want to pour into you and I want to empower you to be able to be authentically yourself. Until next time, be the light that shines in someone else's darkness. Mm -hmm.